Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ, and today I'm talking to Kingsley Dennis, PhD. Uh, he is, Kingsley is a sociologist, researcher, and writer, and is the author of several critically acclaimed books, including The Phoenix Generation, Meeting Monroe, New Consciousness for a New World, Struggle for Your Mind, After the Car, and the celebrated Dawn of the Akashic Age. I had to actually look uh, Akashic up on um, Google to work out. I was like, how do I pronounce it? And I had someone speaking to me on YouTube saying Akashic. So I've got that written down. Uh, and that was maybe, with... maybe I did as well. I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's with uh, Dr. Irvin Laszlo. Uh, he currently lives in Andalusia and continues to research, write, travel and grow his very own vegetables. Kingsley, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. No, Duncan, it's a pleasure. And uh, when you got in contact with me, with me and said you are a spirit pig i thought how can you turn down that offer to chat with spirit pig? great name <laughs> <laughs> thank you um you received your doctorate you were teaching at a good university you were successful in your field but in 2009 you kind of like thought i'm going to leave this all behind and kind of jump into the void i think your expression was what yeah. what what fueled that decision uh yeah the decision like almost like leave it all behind um i wanted to do what i wanted to do basically um my my aim was to concentrate on the writing on these particular ideas but of course when you work in academia and in particular subject you are more or less constraining what you publish you know so if i publish what i wanted to publish when i was doing this sociologist thing and people look at me and said well you know you're not going to get any academic ratings for that you know we've got a five-star department here um so i decided well if I didn't give it up now, my career, to concentrate on what I really wanted to do, i.e. those books you mentioned, then I probably wouldn't do it for another 30 years. Because once the career got too on track, you got too much to give up. Yeah. You know? So I know people say like some uh, academics, um, they wait until they're near retirement and then they write what they really want to write and say what they want to say. But I didn't want to wait that long. <laughs> Uh, one of the books I really want to <clears throat> delve into today is, I think it's the first one I mentioned, The Phoenix Generation. What is, what is The Phoenix Generation, first of all? Uh, rising from the Ashes. Um, rising from the Ashes. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, it's talking about the, the new generation of people being born around now. I mean, it's not that specific, like sure. this year, no. But, you know, a bit before, but around now, because... This generation will be the first generation to be born into a fully digitized world, okay? Where we'll be interacting differently with the world around them, with the technology, with the, the, with the um, not only the, the, uh, the internet, but a world which, um, you know, so many borders have gone down. So many people are, are cross-connecting. This connected world, I mean, I think we're on a cusp of a planetary society in a good way, not in a Borg way. But, you know, this generation will be the first a generation... society in terms of, what, not, not dictated by, what, countries and board, borders, but what, just a one... Is that, is that what you mean? What does that mean, planetary society? Well, in a sense, yes, um, not really dictated by nation-states or empires. You know, the age of empires is gone, I think. You know, America's trying to hang on and still, you know, hassle the world. But, um, in a sense... Because we're so interdependent, we need resources from this country. We have so much trade integration. We have so much riding on it. If one country economically collapsed, it would have a domino effect. We're so integrated that you're not going to have any one empire controlling the world like before. The model has passed. But also, it's the people, the, the, the capacity and the empowerment of the people and the way they're sharing information. 
across time, you know, space and time is being condensed into the now. Mm. So with that happening, you know, earlier waves, they had part of that. Um, but now you see everything's changing there. What's, what's important for our jobs? What's important for the meaning of life? Where I want to live and work, you know, in a m- much more mobile world. And it's the first generation to experience that. And what I've noticed is that also they're displaying more empathy, you know, because they're connected to people that don't, perhaps they haven't even met someone in a, in a, let's say, Middle Eastern country, but they empathize with them. And so that's a kind of intuitive feeling that's arising a lot through the Phoenix generation. So that's why I wanted to focus on them, because they're just an important generation, so important. Yeah, and you think that this change in the 21st century and that we're, we're going to see is as equivalent and dramatic as sort of the, uh, the flat earth to round earth shift in terms of, in terms of it's that big a sort of paradigm shift. That's yeah, it up. is. And I, I actually stated that, you know, people might think, oh, flat earth to round earth. That's a big thing you're saying there, Kingsley. Are you sure? <laughs> um, it's a big thing, but it's because what's changing most, and this is the biggest player, and you need it for any big shift to occur, is to change in our perceptions and consciousness. If you think differently and you have a different perception of the world around you, then you're going to have change. You can have so many different systems, you know, systems change all the time, but if the consciousness behind the system hasn't changed, you won't really get the the incredible uh, scale of change. Um, One thing which I found really, really interesting is that when you're saying about this future generation, the, um, the, the emphasis was on connection, communication, and compassion, as opposed to competition, control, and censorship. So we're moving away from this idea of sort of dog-eat-dog, everyone out for themselves, like censorship, control, actually to this communication, this compassion, and that's a really interesting shift. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's going to happen anyway because of the, the way we're connecting facilitates that. Mm. Obviously, communication we're doing now. And, and the consciousness, because we know that we're not just on our own in, you know, in our nation state. We're all, you know, the, the ramifications of this interconnectedness is, is quite powerful. So it's going to happen anyway. But the question is, how quickly or how smoothly is going to happen? Because that's the question. Because, you know, we can make it more painful for us if we're still hanging on to the older systems and the old thinking and, and the old emotions and energy. Um, or we can accept that this change is coming and participate in it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the ride is there, but you're going you're gonna to have a bumpy ride for yourself or you're going to make it an easier ride for yourself. I, I can't remember who it was. It was one of your, I don't, I don't know if I've got it written down, but it was one, it was, it was one of the, somebody who wrote like a foreword for your book. And you're saying how th- this change is coming, you know, as, as certain as tomorrow's sunrise or sunset. I think Larry Dossie wrote, wrote that. Yeah, okay. I think that, that was interesting. So it's not a matter. I mean, I think the, what the debate is, the debate's not whether this is happening. It, I mean, it is happening, but it's how you respond, how you adapt, how you embrace it. Yeah, exactly. I know, and some people's uh, natural criticism is that, well, okay, in some areas, yes, but what about the corporate world and business? You know, they're not going to change because they've always been that way because they think it's going to change overnight. And my response is, well, you know, certain change is going to be slower than others. But what that... Real change comes from within. So when you get a younger person in, let's say, 15 or 20 years' time, they enter that business organization and they sit in the seats where the old guard are, they're going to change it from within because they're in a position to do things with their new thinking in the business. So you get that natural kind of uh, organic evolution. or you know. Um, so it's going to happen because the people are coming and they're going to be sitting in your chair doing it. Yeah. 
And so it's actually, yeah, this whole, the Phoenix generation, I mean, it's, it's, it's a deeply, because um, often change is seen, um, we've talked a few times on this, um, on this show about change and how actually we perceive change and often we kind of resist it. But actually this is kind of a sort of a deeply positive thing, isn't it? It is deeply positive, although it may not look like it. And the analogy I give is that, um, I give the analogy of a drowning person, is that, you know, when someone starts to drown, they start making all this, um, obviously, gasping and, and shouting and flapping around. So you see them from the beach because they know they're going down. But the lifeguards say, you know, unless you're professionally trained, we recommend you don't go and try and save them. Because when you get there, they're so panicky, they grab onto you and they pull you down with them. Mm. You know? And that's what's happening with the older systems. Now, people are, you know, the, the, the governments and, and all the old people, all the people who are invested in the older systems. They're making a lot of noise now to, to make a lot of fear and to, uh, to really um, emphasize, you know, their so-called power. But I look at it the other way. They're making noise because they know they haven't got much time left, you know, and they'd rather pull you in, distract you, you know, all the tales of the warfare and all these um, media manipulations. So we get worried as well. And we think, uh, who's going to help us, you know, and you go back to the support systems. But it's just, you know, it's like a distraction mechanism. We've got to stay with the understanding the positive, despite what we see around it, maybe to the contrary. Yeah. And the... Um we're moving much more towards the empowerment. I think you mentioned the empowerment of the individual and so on, of each human being. So you, the rise in social media, peer-to-peer lending networks, all these kind of um, peer-to-peer kind of like communities, this is showing that the actual the shift is actually on the individual person rather than the organisation. Was that, was that what the, yeah. that was? That's exactly so. And, you know, um, People have been talking about the masses, and usually the masses had a, a negative connotation. The mass of people, they get manipulated, they don't have any, you know, free thinking. But really, I think we're going to go through a revolution in how we perceive the masses. The masses now are going to be individualized as well as coming together. Each person can have their voice. So, you know, we're not just consumers anymore. We're prosumers. We produce the content. We produce the media. That's like you're doing right now, Duncan. You know, we connect with people. We do it. We do the projects. We're not just sit there receiving it, you know, passively. Yeah, feed me, feed me. No, we're doing it. So that is what makes the empowers individual. And when you come together, like in social networks, in peer-to-peer networks, in open source arrangements, each individual then can bring something. So the mass is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like, yeah, I like that. That's yeah, and. Um, what, another quote, I, I, yeah, I, I love this one, it was um, by uh, Buckminster Fuller. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying how we don't actually um, fight the existing reality. We need to create new models that make the existing reality obsolete. So it's actually not about, it's, it's not beneficial to try and fight wrong or equality necessarily head on. We need to actually be more savvy in actually how we approach these things. Because mm-hmm. in the old days when we just like do protests, that was actually... Often that, that actually just gives more emphasis to actually the cause, or what, 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 what was that connection? Well, that's a great quote, and um, I've used it uh, quite often. It, exactly as you say, is that usually when we're faced with injustice or, or something that obviously is uh, against our better interests, we protest. It's a human right to protest. Now, before, that was perhaps the only way we had, and the energy around in those times supported the protest. But that energy is changing because, as you say, when we fight the system head on, that gives the authorities reason to 
put further constraints on us. They can say, oh, look at them, you know, they're unruly, they're doing protests, we have to have new laws to, to uh, you know, to control them. So we're playing into their system. But the energy now, because of technology and education and awareness, and the, we can communicate and share that, we then can just connect with the people and say, well, let, let us do our own thing. So instead of banging straight on with a brick wall, we go around it, do our own thing. And they, they probably won't see you coming either. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's another um, example which I give, which is a great example from nearly about 100 years ago. It was in 1906, and there was a British um, statistician called Francis Galton, and uh, he wanted to disprove the power of democracy because he thought that the, the people are dumb and, we, you know, government should give people the power to vote because they, you know, they're not worth it. So he went to a, a country fair in the UK, this is in 1906, and the country fair had a huge ox. And what they were doing was they were raffling tickets. You pay a penny, you get a ticket, and on the ticket you write down your guess of the weight of the ox. You know, at the end of the day, let's see who wins. So this guy, Francis Galton, he thought, well, this is a great example to show you that people have no idea. So I'm going to collect all the guesses and I bet, you know, I bet you nobody can guess the weight. And it was his idea. And he was right in that none of the guesses were anywhere close to the weight of the ox. But then he took it a second stage and he found that when he added all the numbers together and took the average, it was spot on. 1,397 um, grams or, or ounces, sorry. I forget English weight at that time. It was spot on. So, like, no one knew individually, but everyone knew together. <laughs> that's incredible. So, that's, that, yeah, so the collective, actually, the knowledge in, in the group actually was, yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, it may, again, it may be, you can say it's a fluke, but I think it's also a great analogy to show how we are working now, is that there's so much, in, so much coming through as being together, that, you know, being together, being a mass is no longer a derogatory thing. It's, it's a thing of empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. No, there was, um, you, you're talking, um, or I heard, I think it was a, yeah, it was a, it was a video talking about the book and <laughs> I have to say this slowly because it was like, when I was reading, it was, it was almost like a, just a mind, like messed with my mind, but I'd love to hear maybe hear your thoughts on it. Did I mess with your mind? Sorry, you, mate. Yeah, but it was, it was, <laughs> you were, you were discussing like, um, unfolding recognition of other realities existing beyond the confines of our three-dimensional mm -hmm. material reality. And so you were saying something like, it's not just about inner worlds and outer worlds, but there are also other worlds that occupy a zone that we are touching upon but are unfamiliar with. When, when we said that, I immediately was thinking the film like Interstellar. Like, is this kind of what you're talking about? That would have made, if, 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 if any of the audience are listening, they're probably thinking, I literally have no idea what that question was. Could you maybe just elaborate on kind of what I was badly trying to say? Well, uh, very well put, Duncan. Yeah, I mean, the end, you refer to like the end of the book where I talk about multiverses. The idea that, you know, more and more people, especially the younger generation, are going to accept um, the existence of other realities or other ways of thinking about our universe and that we're not alone and that we are living in, in a living intelligent universe mm. but you see science is almost going there almost almost getting it not quite yet but you know the idea that we are an, uh, an accidental anomaly um, created by the fusion of chemical uh, elements um, hurting through dead space on the back of a barren rock 
doesn't work for me, mate. <laughs> you know, and so now uh, some of the latest quantum science are realizing that, in fact, they are starting to agree with the, uh, the holographic uh, idea of the universe is that the universe that we see around us, uh, the time and space and, and, and matter is actually, obviously, quantum science tells it's all connected. But it's all connected, but it's not the primary. It's a secondary projection. The primary is, let's say, the, the, the quantum vacuum or the plenum or the, the cosmic, um, uh, they call it consciousness, if you wish, which is beyond space and time. And that projects materiality like a hologram or matrix. So, in fact, you know, our universe is just one particular projection. And that reality, material reality, is a secondary manifestation. The primary is consciousness. So when, when you start to understand that, that consciousness is primary, it changed almost everything. It's a game changer. You know? And we think it's strange, but a lot of young people are understanding that and they're getting it. It's the same, of course, you know, of course. So is that linked with when you're saying consciousness is primary and then the material stuff is secondary? Is that the same as, like, for example, you, you look at a chair or a table, but that must have once existed as a thought in somebody's mind in order to then become a material thing. So is, is that kind of the connection between it, it, the, the primary and the secondary or not? Well, I mean, of course... You do, know, do you know what I mean? In terms yeah. of like, yeah. yeah I mean, in, in, in those terms, of course, most things that we have created were first a thought or, uh, an, you know, an imagination or an idea. Mm. There's that element. But from a scientific point of view, it means that, you know, Science tells us that all the, all the matter is just atoms spinning around, okay? And the space between atoms is, 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 is huge. So, you know, in, in a real-life terms, the atom may be a golf ball in the middle of a football pitch. All that space in between is the space between atoms. But we can't go through because they're spinning so fast. But go beyond atoms, then you get quarks. You know, and then you even go beyond quarks, and what you get is just spinning energy. So... The basics of material things around us is spinning energy. So, of course, matter isn't primary because it's energy. You know? And so, again, it, you know, it's, it makes sense, but we just need enough people to actually understand it. Not just nod their heads, but understand it. And then when we can feel that we're living in an energetic reality, then that does change the whole perspective. So, yeah, it's so, in- it's so interesting. Because, yeah, I... I, I, I... About until about a month or two ago, I did not know really barely anything, anything, anything about quantum physics, mechanics. But slowly mm-hmm. but surely, I mean, it's a theme that's starting to come up a few times in a couple of the recent interviews. And it's just, it's, God, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like, it's, I, I still have completely not got my head around it at all. But it's just hearing these ideas, it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. And we, we know so little, um, you know, dark, dark energy, what they call Basically, the, in, the, in space, something like 95% of space, we call it dark energy because we have no idea what it is. We can't see it. We only infer it from secondary causes, you know. There's a ripple in space, so therefore it shows that there's dark energy. So 95% of space, we have no, scientists have no idea what it is or what its function is, which is the same as the human DNA. 96% is what they call, uh, well, they used to call it junk DNA, so, like, the whole human body is a wonderful result of 4% of your DNA. What is this 96% doing? So, we know so little, you know, so let's just kind of 
be a bit more humble, I would, I think, I would suggest. <laughs> That's crazy. And yeah, it's not, it's not that, uh, another thing, is that it's not that our current reality is, because um, this was just an interesting way of um, phrasing it, because um, when you hear things like this and about um, changes and the Phoenix generation and the end of the old systems, it, it almost sounds like the old system is, you know, breaking down, you know, the current reality is breaking apart. Um, but you described it as it's actually often about other energetic realities actually breaking through and that's like requiring us to reconfigure and recalibrate how we perceive and interpret reality. So it's not about, yeah, everything is just breaking down. It's about these new ideas actually coming through, which is just such a cool way to describe it. And, and you hit the nail on the head with that, you know, to we have to reconfigure mm. our understanding of reality and our therefore our consciousness to to deal with this. So yeah, it's not about breaking down; it's about actually we're going through a revision, yeah. you know, a revolutionary vision, because everything is in process. You know, hundreds of years ago, if they were if they looked into the future about what we have now and technologies, it'd be like magic to them. You know, you can't conceive it. How can we even conceive what's a hundred years down the line? We can't. But unless you can accept that we need to revise our, our modes of thought and our perceptions, you know, we're not going to get anywhere. Everything's a working process. And humanity is not, we're not human beings, we're human becomings. You know, we're a working process. That's so good. Uh, and now, yeah, change of tack. Like, you're now living in Spain. I think you're learning to grow your own vegetables in your garden. That's awesome. Um, I think what, what an amazing story, which I heard of uh, Francis Assisi, which you wrote about, was um, Francis Assisi was once, um, St. Francis Assisi was once hoeing his garden, and he was asked, what would you do if you were suddenly to learn that you were going to die at sunset today? And he replied, I would finish hoeing my garden. I love yeah. that. I just I think it was <laughs> such, such a cool, cool story. So, I mean, yeah. with that in mind, I mean, is that why, like, is in... You're living in Andalusia, you're, you know, you can see behind you, you've got like the green trees in the background. Is this part of that? Just are you, you're really living your purpose, you're loving what you do, you're writing, you're traveling. Um, is that, yeah, you, you're, is that kind of what that's about? Yeah, it is. It's, it's about finally coming to a point where I or, you know, a person decides to do what they really wish to do. Mm. And so it's about finding meaning for yourself. That can apply in all different ways for different people. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise you know the eighty um, percent of the world of of the people just to jump stick and then you know find a place in the country like I did because you can't copy me. I can't copy you, Duncan. Yeah. Everyone's got to find it for themselves. But it's you've got to find your own meaning. And if you can find meaning, then you can really start to have joy in life. Absolutely. And that might have answered my next question. What What does a fulfilled life mean to you? You probably did that. You probably did answer it. Yeah. Yeah. So find your own meaning and to follow it. Yeah. Brilliant. And what is one thing all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? Stop believing. Wow. Have you, that one's never come up before. I like that. Because well, when, when, when we believe we're stuck in our ways, is that why? And we're not open to other, other ideas? We're not open-minded? Or is that, is that what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, what I mean by that is when we believe something, it means we don't know it. That's why we say we believe. You know, if, if you put your hand in scalding hot water, you don't believe it's hot. Do you? you know it's hot. Our beliefs are structures that we've accepted and we've taken on board and they become our paradigm. But most beliefs actually are limiting, not freeing. So to be, to know, not believe. 
that's, that's incredible. <laughs> and are there any books or resources which have changed or had a big impact on you? Yes, as a young man and still today, I would suggest the, the books and resources of Idris Shah. Idris Shah? Who, yeah. you, who, who is Idris Shah? Um, he is, um, was a spokesperson, writer, uh, educator for um, a body of knowledge that he brought from, uh, from the East to the West specifically and which was generally known under the term label of Sufism. But um, a, a, modern, a modern stream of this understanding. Okay, fantastic. I'll check, I'll check that in the show notes. And last but not least, how can people stay in touch, find out more about you and your work? Um, well, Google my name. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a name which is uh, quite rare, so I'm, I'm top of Google. Um, <laughs> I have a website, kingsleydennis.com. Um, I have a lot of articles on there that are all free to download and videos. Um, just come and, come and share the space, do your reading, do your homework and um, take your time. And uh, I'm just happy to be able to share. Thank you so, so much. This has been, yeah, I loved it. It's been uh, absolutely incredible. I mean, yeah, it's in some of those things still like, I need to work on them like, in terms of just understanding things. And I mean, I think in terms of quantum physics, I've got years ahead of me of trying to like get my head around what on earth it's about but it's it's it's, it's a really exciting it's an exciting sort of uh area which i'm yeah i definitely want to find out more about but you see you don't you don't even have to understand no. the actual mechanics if you just understand the significance i mean one of the great pioneers in quantum mechanics i'm not sure which one said it um but he he said um the father of quantum physics if you say you understand quantum physics you don't get it Wow. It's about a paradigm because you can, that means you can never quite actually get it. Yeah, oh, incredible. Yeah, so it reminds me of something else. When somebody said, um, uh, like electricity, like you don't need to know how electricity works, but you can still like use it, you know, come to boil an egg, to turn on the lights, you know, and so you don't actually have to understand like the actual logistics. So I, I'm not, you've answered that, that, that's made me relieved because I knew that. Just, was, plug, into <laughs> it, <huh? laughs> Just plug into it and then go. Amazing. Kingsley, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been, yeah, it's been absolutely fascinating. I've loved it. It's been great, Duncan. Uh, thank you for getting in touch. Uh, again, thank you, Spirit Pig. And, uh, well, enjoy every second.